the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Healthcare premiums through the roof. So much to think about when it comes to healthcare. Who do you talk to? Where do you go next? Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now with host Mark Chea, Larry Jones, and from Orlando Medical News, John Kelly. And now let's head into the Healthcare Now studios. Good morning. My name is John Kelly, publisher of the Orlando Medical News. It is my great pleasure to introduce my esteemed co-host and absolute Central Florida healthcare leaders, Mark Chayot, MD, pediatric surgeon. He's practiced medicine in Central Florida since 1997. He is also the chairman and co-founder of the Integrated Independent Physicians Network. He also co-founded Kids Docs, a pediatric subspecialty organization in Central Florida. My other co-host today is Larry Jones. He is the executive director of the Integrated Independent Physicians and CEO of Integrated Healthcare Partners, headquartered in Maitland, Florida. The IPA, known as IPN, is a 1,000-physician, multi-specialty physician network throughout 12 counties in Central Florida. Its core mission is to provide tools and programs for physicians to compete in today's healthcare environment. Larry has been on both the payer and provider side of healthcare and understands healthcare and its challenges as well as opportunities. He is a founding board member of the Florida Association of ACOs. Today, The IPA oversees two commercial ACO contracts, and its MSO holds five Medicare Advantage agreements, representing several thousand Medicare members. Larry has spoken all across the United States on physician issues and opportunities. Larry is the ultimate physician and patient advocate. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, John. Uh, I'll tell you, Dr. Mark and I are very excited about this new endeavor, Healthcare Now. Uh, we look to be able to uh, talk about healthcare issues among all areas of healthcare over the time that we're going to do this. And it's all about informing and educating our listening audience to become an educated healthcare consumer. Dr. Mark? What do you think about that? I think that's great, and I think we probably ought to visit just to talk to our listeners is how did this come about? And mm-hmm. this show has completely come about from conversations that we've had to talk about the challenges in healthcare today. And I would say you know, there, there are so many challenges that we face, yeah. but one of the most important challenges, I believe, and I think we've, we've all agreed upon, is educating our consumers. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we get calls every day. We're, we come from different areas of healthcare, and we all get these same phone calls with folks that just really don't know where to go next. They don't know mm-hmm. where to get their insurance. They don't know to where to get their tests. And they turn to us to answer those questions, which 
Sometimes we don't have the answers to either, but I think we're going to work really hard in the show to address a lot of those things and get that information out there. You know, it's, it's, under, it's about understanding how to access the right care at the right time, at the right place, for an appropriate cost. Maximizing your individual health care benefits and accessing the highest quality of care and minimizing out-of-pocket cost. Right. And we hear the politicians talk about this. We hear consumers talk about this. You know, what is the goal of our health care system? Obviously, we're going to deliver care to all of our consumers. But the the big one of the buzzwords that we'll hear about is triple aim. You want to talk a little bit about triple aim? Sure. You know, uh, the federal government, when they came out with the uh, CMS Accountable Care Organization programs for Medicare, they talked about a triple aim. And it was implement programs that improve the patient care experience, improve the health of patient populations, and reduce the per capita cost of health care. Right. So now now that's a challenge, right? I mean, right. that's one of the things. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about the government involvement in health care, which is, is huge. Um, and I, mean, I think that's one of the most interesting things about health care to me is it's kind of a capitalistic, consumer-driven piece. And it's kind of a socialistic, government-driven right. piece coming together and mm-hmm. working in some senses and not working in other senses. And Triple Aim is a, is a challenge that was put forward say that if you're going to talk about anything in medicine today, you've got to sit down and say, does this match our goal of of that of that triple aim? Well, you know, Dr. Mark, this is very exciting, uh, the discussion that we're having. But let's talk about U.S. healthcare seems so convoluted and confused today. How can patients you're a practicing physician surgeon? How can patients have any control over their health care? Yeah, it's it takes a lot of work. Right. And, And I think along with that work. It takes some confidence that the information that you're gathering is reliable information. If you sit down to a computer and you throw something onto the search panel, you're likely going to get some product that you're trying to be sold as opposed to any true advice. And, you know, depending on where you get your health care and where you get your coverage, it changes everything. And, you know, we could, I'm sure over the course of the, of the uh, discussions that we have, we'll talk about those different accesses and the different problems that each one presents to us. Yeah, you know, there are so many different types of insurance today, whether it's an HMO, PPO, uh, open access. uh, There are so many. And then you've got Medicare, Medicaid, self-pay, private insurance, and then uh, even these co-op programs that are out there today. And and the veterans programs as well. Sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, what what we hope to do here is bring patients and healthcare providers together on this talk show, resulting in talking about the new movement in healthcare today: value based care yes. environment, assuring that the needs of patients are met and satisfied. Right, because I mean, there's got to be a motivation for healthcare providers to uh, stay in the game. Uh, there's got to be a responsibility that they have and they they bring to work every day. And I think the communication between the providers and the consumers has really lagged. Uh, I think that a lot of times our our consumers, our clients, you know, that's another sort of fancy thing we get told what we're going to call the patients that we've been taking care of, and that's why we're doing it. But the conversation between the caregivers mm-hmm. and them ha- has really lagged. It needs to, it needs to be reevaluated without a doubt. And you know, with the IPA, we we have both commercial. ACO programs, accountable care programs, and, of course, we have the Medicare 
uh, at-risk programs for Medicare Advantage. Right. And we're going to talk a little later on in the show about the difference between what is traditional Medicare and what is Medicare Advantage and how that actually impl- implements in a plan that you choose as a Medicare beneficiary. But, you know, I was looking the other day, the number of health insurance plans in the current market in 2021 has gone up to 181 different types of payers from 175 in 2020. Now, can you imagine, and and in Florida, I would say 50 or 60 of those are just in Florida. Right. And and available in different areas around the country. But can you imagine trying to decipher and work through what you want under 181 different health plans? No, no. And I mean, anybody, especially, I mean, the majority of folks aren't involved in this, right? They they are, are users of these processes, but how do you decide, you know, what... What goes right, and we're we've talked about this. We're going to try to stay as uh, neutrally on the uh, politics as we can. But there have been a lot of changes in the last uh, fifteen years, and when we look at the attempts of what what Obamacare brought forward and the changes in the number of health plans and where that's gone and where we are today, it's it's a constantly year to year. It's a moving target. Yeah. Well, well, I can tell you, uh, I know someone that has been in the Obamacare program, I think, for five years now, which is when it started. Right. And her initial premium with Obamacare, now she didn't get any of the subsidies. Right. It was about $600. She renewed her plan this year at $1,100 with a $5,000 deductible. Wow. I mean, that kind of drives the idea. I think something that everyone in America recognizes is the cost and the expenditure to healthcare has grown tremendously year over year, without a doubt. I mean, and, you can throw us throw us some numbers. We're not going to yeah. play lots of numbers, but just to sort of get the yeah, yeah, just to get the little gist of our next conversation. Right. The annual average cost of an employer sponsored health premium is at over twenty one thousand dollars for a family of four. Right. That's up fifty five percent since two thousand and ten, and not only that, deductibles have also gone up. Today, one in three families with high-deductible health plans must meet a $5,000 annual deductible on top of the cost of their premiums. I can tell you, as a, as a practicing surgeon, I've been, been here, as, as John said, since 1997. And what we would be concerned about when we had a patient that needed care and how we were going to deliver them through the hospital system or, or outpatient care centers, the things that we had to discuss as to how that affected them financially, have completely changed. You used to sit there and talk about whether or not you know people were covered with this or what their deductibles, that wasn't a big conversation early on. And you would even talk about, well, boy, you know, you're, you're really busy at the end of the year because people are trying to, trying to finish off because they've already met their deductibles. The deductibles are so large, there's only one way to win the game, have a large deductible and not spend any of it. Let me jump in here, okay. because we're talking about being a savvy consumer. Um, and what this means is a lot of research. You have to research um, at the end of the year when your employer offers you plan options. You need to um, research when you receive your billing. And now you have the opportunity to actually research your physician, his quality scores, your surgeon, the biggest challenge of being a savvy consumer, even though we have all this Internet access, is time. Who has the time, especially if they're working parents with children, to do this research? 
You know, John, you bring up a great point, but it's all about consumer responsibility today. You know, when you go out to buy a car, you do your research. You look and see what you can afford, what the benefits of that specific car is before you make a decision. Why isn't health care the same thing? You know, one of the biggest issues today that we talk about is going to an urgent care center versus ER. The average ER cost when you walk through that door to your insurance, not counting your copay, is $3,200. To go to a primary care physician, it's $150. And the difference in the copay normally on an average plan, if you go to the ER, is about $250 right. versus going to a PCP, your own PCP, could be as little as $25. And you know what you're looking at there? I mean, I was thinking of the car analogy, too, when, yeah. when John, when you brought that up. Mm-hmm. It is so much easier to buy a car. <laughs> it is so much That's easier true. to buy That's the car that you true, want and know that you're going to get what you want to get because it's there's a sticker on the window. You go in there with yeah. some preconceived notions of what you want, and health care is nothing like that at all. And, you know, uh, another thing, 180 million people today actually access their health care through their employer, yet they have very little choice sometimes in what their employer brings to the table. Right. But you still have to do your homework and understand what what you want as a family to protect you and your family. You do, and that's a different that's the next level, right? So maybe you don't have any input and that might be a blessing for some. But then if you are engaged in needing to use that health health insurance, that's a whole nother level. We're coming up on a hard break, but this is what healthcare now program is about. These are the decisions we need to make as savvy consumers. So let's pick this up after the break. Lando Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. COVID-19 impacting your practice? Patients visits down, elective procedures pushed out, rx to live provides a turnkey solution. Chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management, behavioral health screenings. Interested? rx Better yet, call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859. 609-605-6859. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network. Preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. We're back, and we're going to pick up our conversation about patient-consumer healthcare facts. Dr. Mark, please talk about the rising cost of healthcare and how important it is for the consumer to be savvy. I tell you, who, who doesn't talk about the rising cost of health care? It seems like we have an election every week, not every few years, but that is topic number, certainly top three, every single time. And every single time we hear these crazy numbers about what portion of the GDP, what portion of the budget goes directly to health care. And the craziest part of that is 
as Larry hit yeah. me hit me with some numbers. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, you know, you mentioned the GDP, the cost of health care in the U.S. today. Twenty percent of our total budget is the GDP represents twenty percent, and that is twice as high as the next uh, country, which is Japan at nine percent. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the other big expenditure yeah. is is defense. Right, so we, exactly. defense and healthcare. Yep. I mean, yep. we can well, we can do another show on defense. Yep. I think you know. Well, you know, I mean, we mentioned in the in the earlier segment that employer sponsored health insurance premiums rose four percent last year to twenty one thousand three hundred and forty two dollars on average for a family of four, which is a fifty five percent increase since two thousand and ten. Right, and whenever we talk about the cost here in the United States, and there's some comparisons, right? So mm-hmm. we can look at a two thousand seventeen per capita comparison. Back in 2017, the per capita cost here in the U.S. was almost $2,500, whereas in Canada, we compare that to just about $550. Yeah, those are administrative costs. And, yeah, just yeah, straight administrative costs. That's insane. Costs. That's yeah. insane. So yeah. where are we missing that piece? And, you know, how, how does the, the, the conversation that we have in, in the let's, – let's just throw so the doctor's lounge – the conversation that we have with our carriers, the conversation we have with the CEOs of the hospital, nobody is saying, man, I am making more money this year. Okay? So no one's saying that they're doing better in this economy, in healthcare, yet the amount of money that's being poured into the healthcare funnel keeps going up. So the billion dollar question is, where's the money? You know, that's an interesting point, uh, Dr. Mark, because. I, you know, we represent about a thousand independent physicians across uh, Central Florida, and I don't remember the last time a physician told me they got a raise. No. There, the and the the status quo is you're working harder for less. Right, right. And I don't really want to get on a soapbox yeah. and talk about right. the poor physicians because physicians we have we have a great gig, we have incredible job opportunity. We can work anywhere in the country. You know we're you know we're gonna we're gonna keep our jobs so it's great and I am I am blessed and pleased and thrilled that this was this is where I went. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's a built-in understanding that you're more likely to make less per year than more per year because we are based on a system that's that somebody else is deciding you know what what the costs are. Then the negotiating part of it is almost gone. It's not completely gone. It's almost gone. Mm-hmm. And there's some variations state to state and, you know, in more rural areas versus in the big cities. But it's a challenge, and it wouldn't even be a discussion if it wasn't for the fact that so much of our tax dollar goes towards health care. Exactly. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to dissect much more about the cost of health care and where they all, all the dollars go. But let me just let you know that in the last five years, co-pays for patients, meaning the out-of-pocket cost, have doubled right in the last five years, and we talked about the premiums have doubled in the last ten years. But you know, there was a new Rand study recently that talked about private insurance and what they paid hospitals versus what the Medicare program paid, and an astounding number showed that private insurance hospitals paid uh, were paid 247 percent of what Medicare pays the hospitals for these same services, yeah. and that was in 2019, uh, and it was 230 the year before that, and 224 percent before that. So why is it that the commercial private healthcare industry 
costs so much more than what Medicare costs. Right. I mean, and again, these are things that we're going to yeah. have deeper dives. We're going to have have people that are experts in the field come in, and and we'll uh, right. talk to them slash grill them if, depending on the situation. Yeah. But it is. It's a one of the pieces that I do want our listeners to hear is that you know we heard a lot of things when the healthcare system was being radically changed, and one of the things that I heard over and over is. We were the most expensive healthcare system in the world, but we were not the best. Exactly. In we fact, were like 25th. We were like 25th. 25th. And I, I believe with all my heart that we are the most expensive, but we are the best. No there, question. There is more choice. There are more things that are available. And I will say that the way the system is set up, it is truly set up to protect the consumer. That That is what's behind the system top down. Now we fail in many many cases, but spending more. I think the message really is: is spending more doesn't automatically make you better or make you healthier. And I think as as just a, a person, we already know that. And you know, as we continue this conversation, I think what we're going to talk about is not only how do you become a more educated healthcare consumer, but how do you access your benefits in a more cost effective way. And we're going to talk a lot about urgent care versus ER. We're going to talk about having an assigned primary care physician. We're going to talk about going to the ER when it truly is a life and death situation. And if that that problem, your health care issue, can be handled in a non-ER environment, then the hospitals don't even want you to show up right. with a bad cold on Saturday night. Right. It costs them money as well. And we're going to get some health care leaders in here, including hospital administrators, to talk about these kind of things as we go forward. You know what? One of the most amazing things that I've seen during this uh, 2020, now into 2021 COVID era, is when I walk into the ERs and they are empty. Now, we see lots of things on the news with and in some of the areas in the United States where they're just inundated with actually COVID patients. But in the areas like here in Orlando, here in Central Florida, if you walk into our ERs, the number of ER visits has dramatically dropped. And, you know, Dr. Mark, talk about the elective surgeries that were postponed during right. the March, April, May, June period, because that affected you directly. It did. It did. And, and you know, it was so what Larry's talking about is there was a period of time where we could do no elective surgeries, which weren't revealed. But to be fair, I mean, I think there were a lot of things that they they were non-emergent that could be done. Um, elective was pretty well defined. And I, I will say that the hospital systems here in Central Florida and the outpatient surgery centers here in Central Florida did a really excellent job of not making it a thoughtless, dogmatic action. Uh, but uh, But it did take a lot of people out of the game. What's really affected things is if you're going to do something that is non-elective, a necessary procedure, but it could be put off, and the patients are spending the night in the hospital, those restrictions are still around in a lot of hospitals, and I, I here, here in Orlando as well, but throughout the country, um, there are still places that aren't doing any true elective surgeries. So that, that is a hardship on, on all, and... There's so many hardships that have come along with COVID. And that, again, that's a whole other show, but, uh, but that's something that, that you really have to pay attention to. But the, the lack of people going to the ER, the concern is that people who need to go somewhere aren't. 
But as that has opened up, there's still a tremendous decrease in the number of patients, even my, my patient flow. I mean, if you've got, if there's a surgical issue to be had, you would think that by now we're pretty flattened out and I should be back at the levels we were a year ago and, or two years ago, and we clearly are not. We're still down about 30%. And part of that is the whole process of the system. How many people feel comfortable that they can go out and see their primary care doc? And to your point earlier, yep. how many people know that their health care plan in many cases covers a yearly visit to their primary care doc? And, you know, that's a great discussion. So let me throw this stat in here. In the United States, uh, right now, a cost of a, the average cost of a three-day hospital stay is $30,000. And a patient could visit his or her primary care physician 100 times a year and still not rack up that kind of bill. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. If you need emergency care and you need hospitalization for acute care, then that's what you need to do. Right. But we can see that 75% of ER visits in America can be handled in an outpatient arena. No question. Or, or back yeah. to primary care. Right, exactly. Or yeah. an urgent care yeah. primary care right. physician. Right. Yeah. No, and, that, and that's something that, that consumers and the primary care physicians and groups like us need to help folks know. Need to make them yeah. feel like this is the right place to be. Yeah. And it's, it's a tough decision. There are a lot of products out there. A lot of large companies have set up programs if they're self-insured or if they're heavily involved in their insurance care or the programs that they that they have, they'll have patients call in to a helpline and and talk to a provider and that and say this is what's going on and they'll direct them. And th- every one of those programs saves huge dollars. Yeah, you know, uh, when we talk about how do you control your own health care and how do you you get into a preventative wellness program. I think, and we talk about the costs. I think this is an interesting statistic that just came out under RAND. Americans have had 50% fewer primary care visits in the last two years, but twice the number of hospital admissions for preventable conditions such as high blood pressure and diabetes. What does that say about the thinking of the healthcare consumer today? Right. They're really. Avoiding that, the entry point is supposed to be your primary care doctor. So, and I think that's, you know, at a future time, I think we should bring in some experienced primary care docs and talk to them about what the challenges they face in getting the covered lives that they're they're responsible for into their offices, because that's a a big deal. Well, you know, a a great way that uh, we have used in our family is I go and get my annual physical the month of my birthday. Mm Mm-hmm which is April, right? I can do the labs, and then six months later, I get another lab, which chronalizes and gives you a baseline for all your labs and all your chronic conditions, if you have any. Right. And at least we should be doing that with our primary care physician. And it's easy to remember. It's the month of your birthday. Well, as we move towards break, gentlemen, um, I've got an email that just came in, uh, and... I want to repeat our, our email address is healthcarenow at orlandomedicalnews.com. But a hard question for after the break and circling back on this conversation, is the savvy consumer patient is paying significantly more and our physician partners are being paid significantly less. What is wrong with this picture? Great topic, John. That, that should take some time. That's right. All right. 
Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Are improved patient outcomes valuable? Improved chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management, all without increasing practice workload or expenses. rx to live provides a turnkey solution. Interested? rx or call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859. That's 609-605-6859. Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back. We're going to pick up, Larry, where we left off. And I'm going to reiterate the question that uh, we just received on email, and that's healthcarenow at orlandomedicalnews.com. Patients are paying significantly more, and physicians are being paid significantly less. Where are the healthcare dollars going? Why? John, that's a great question and a great topic for this, uh, this segment. You know, 43% of the healthcare dollar on average today goes to the hospital. And in some markets, it's as high as 65% of the healthcare dollar. And, you know, earlier we talked about that $2,497 per capita that is administrative costs compared to 550 in Canada. That's another 10% of the overall healthcare dollar. And then if you look at what, what do really physicians get on the healthcare dollar, I think the audience is going to be amazed. Less than 8% of the healthcare dollar is actually paid to physicians. And one of the the biggest cost and increase today, aside from the hospital and, and poor use of the ER, is pharmacy cost. Pharmacy costs are now approaching 25% of an overall health plan dollar. Dr. Mark? Well, I tell you, this is a, it's a PR problem. Physicians have lots of PR problems. We're terrible at PR. And the face of the increasing cost to the consumer has always been blamed on the physician. And again, it's not, this is not my you know, forum to get on a soapbox and say, poor me. But you're, you're saying something that's very true, that, that the dollars aren't trickling down to the physicians. Not saying it should, but if things are going up in one place and going down in another, you kind of wonder why. But the consumer looks and sees the physician as the face of healthcare. And, you know, I think the PR problem is our egos used to like that. You know, that's what we wanted patients to think is that it was all about us. And it's about 8% about us, as it turns out. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, yeah. One of the other issues that comes into the bottom line there is the government programs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, more and more physicians uh, are involved in government programs and Medicaid, Medicare programs. And, I mean, as a pediatric surgeon, I've always been involved in Medicaid. Um, I do have some Medicare as well, but there are lots of physicians uh, historically that 
you know, with the advent of HMOs and whatnot, stayed just into commercial programs. They're, the number that are just staying in commercial programs now and surviving has really dropped. And so, and what they were, the reason they did it is they were losing their own patients. They were taking care of patients and patient families for decades. And these folks fell on hard times because, or quite frankly, had no change in their income, but had such an increase in their premiums or their employer could no longer afford to cover their employees that they had to go out and get health care coverage. So they went to these government sponsored plans and then in the, the physicians had to make a choice. Did he or she want to lose that family, or would it make more sense to start accepting those things? Which is a whole—it's a whole new administrative thing. Um, you know, there's there's a whole new set of costs. If if you are in that game, then that obviates you to follow certain rules that the government has for electronic medical records and you know things like that. So it's not it's not a zero sum play, yeah. uh, but it is a play that we pretty much all took because at the end of the day we're in the business of taking care of these families and it's not ever been about the dollar. I mean, I want to, I want to feel that that's true of the vast majority of my colleagues and it's been the experience of those that I know well, that they're going to take care of those families, even if they're, they're making less money, but that, that we sort of went down that rabbit hole, but where is the money actually going? Yeah. You know, uh, you, you bring up a real good point and let's talk a little bit about Medicare today. There are about 61 million people, in the U.S. in a Medicare program, whether it's traditional Medicare or a Medicare uh, Advantage plan or even a Medicare dual, which is Medicare Medicaid. That number is projected to go to 79 million by 2030. That's 10 years. There was a while back that it was estimated that 10,000 Medicare beneficiaries a day were coming into the program. And, you know, how many times do we hear on the news that the Medicare trust fund will be insolvent by 2024? Right. We hear that all the time. And do you know that it has been estimated that if Medicare overall can manage their patients and save $1,000 per Medicare beneficiary a year, per year, it will extend that trust fund to 2050. Hmm. Wow. A simple $1,000 per person. So how do we do that? Well, we, you know, we're, and, and Dr. Mark mentioned all the different Medicare-type plans. You know, we personally have an MSO called Physicians Trust MSO, and we have five Medicare Advantage contracts. And the way that works is our doctors are guaranteed a per capita income per month for all the members that they see, their patients, and then they generate surplus dollars based on the performance of both quality and cost. And that term is known as value-based care. And we're going to talk more and more, probably on our next segment uh, next week, we're going to talk more and more about value-based care and how does that impact not only the physician, but also the patient. Well, and it is. It's going to be a great and exciting topic. Uh, that's something that Larry and I, Larry and I have known each other for about 25 years now, 23 years. Yep. And in the last five to six years, we've really gotten engaged in this value-based conversation, and we've, it's, it's really exciting. But well, I you will know, Mark, just, let me throw in there one quick. You know, talking about value-based, you know, we actually patented a program called Value-Based IQ. Right. And that's an IPN program, and it's a practice assessment program that can move a physician practice from a FIFA service to a high-performing, in-demand, value-based practice right. with the steps that it takes 
to qualify for a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 on a value-based IQ program. And we could we could finish out this the rest of this program talking just about that because so I'm I'm really have to force myself into a different direction, and I think I'll do it by looking right at it. So th- that is something that's really been uh, a helpful savior for consumers and independent physicians and employed physicians. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, however, that's going back to that eight percent, right? So. So that cost them, and and we're making that money penny for penny by saving. All right, so it's 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 it, that is a zero sum. Yep. And so the opportunity we, is on the shared savings side, right. where you're actually driving higher quality at a lower cost. Right. And so then it goes yep. back to our triple aim and really That's achieving exactly. those goals. Yep. So super exciting, something that we have to continue to not just talk about. We need to get better and better at that, and at the same time, when we look at those other expenditures, what are we doing as a society to that 43% that's going to the hospitals? Exactly. Not that you know, they, have, they have to have money to run. Um, and what about that 25% yeah. in big pharma right. with a lot of those very high price specialty drugs? drugs. Specialty yep. drugs. Yep. You know, not the, uh, the Cipro that's a bucket at Publix. You know? <laughs> I mean, the, it's the big stuff. So what you know, what can be done about that? And and as a as a consumer, so we're we're all the all you know all three of us here are, are healthcare consumers, and so I've kind of had the opportunity to live on every side. I'm also a veteran, so I sort of pay attention to how the VA process works because I could get care at the VA, right. and it's really a challenge to cover all those things. Because John, you had said how how do you how do you know? I mean, it's it's there are way too many brands of cars in this market. And, you know, where, where do we go from there? So I really hope that, that our listeners get involved in asking the questions and challenge us. To, we'll go yeah. out and do the work and find the answers. You know, before we run out of time on this segment, I want to just hit a little bit on what is the difference between traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage? Thank you, Larry, because understanding our population in Florida, that was my next question. Right, right. and that's, that's a great, great comment, John. One in four people in Florida of 18 million are over the age of 65 in the state of Florida, probably one of the higher concentrated Medicare states in the country. But, you know, traditional Medicare is meaning that you sign up, you pay your Part B out of your uh, Social Security, which is, I believe, around $140, and it comes right out of your, your Social Security check, and that qualifies you for both Part A and B. And then if you – and that pet covers 80% of your health care costs, what Medicare allows – it covers 80%. The other 20%, you're on your own for. So in reality, you want to get what they call a supplement, a supplemental plan. All the major carriers have it. Uh, you got Blue Cross. you got United. Uh, you've got all these different plans that offer supplement programs, and that covers the other 20%. You've still got, in certain types of programs, some out-of-pocket cost. The old Plan F, under supplement used to be 100%. You pay your premium, you have no out-of-pocket cost. All those people that were in that plan F as a supplement today have been grandfathered in, but that exact plan is not being offered anymore, so you still have costs. So what, so, and, and again, under the traditional Medicare, you can go anywhere you want that accepts Medicare. You're not tied to anything. You can choose your providers, your physicians, your ancillary, your hospitals, whatever. So what, what's a Medicare Advantage plan? Well, that's more or less the old term, 
Medicare HMO. And normally that's more of a defined network for both hospitals and physicians. And the Medicare private insurance company, people like Humana, people like Blue Cross, people like Cigna, people like Care Plus, people like United, people like WellCare, people like uh, Freedom. Those are all the major Medicare Advantage plans in the state of Florida, and they go out and they contract a network of physicians and hospitals. They agree to select pricing, and normally it is preferred pricing, to make sure that their patients and their members go and stay inside that network at a reasonable cost. The doctors then are paid a capitated amount and then have the opportunity for surplus on top of that. And the patients aren't going to pay... That twenty percent. That's exactly so, right. So, so what you're saying is somebody they'll pay a copay, right? So somebody who's about to enter that that Medicare age group, who's thinking that they now have their insurance covered. A, they're going to be paying a premium, and B, they're going to be covering twenty percent if they don't get involved in an Advantage plan. Exactly. Sounds like a commercial and, for and, an Advantage plan, but well, I mean, just to give you an idea, the supplement cost today for an average person is over $200 a month. So not only are you paying the 140 out of your Social Security, now you're paying another 200 plus right. out of your own paycheck right. or, or, or your retirement. Your retirement check, yeah. uh, and so that adds up, and some people can afford that if they've retired well. Other people need to go to a Medicare Advantage plan where there is no premium, but yet you have some significant costs if you end up in the hospital. Right. Well, Larry and Mark, this has been some really thought-provoking conversation, a.k.a. helping our consumer become a savvy patient consumer. And I'm excited about next week's conversation. Larry, you had shared with me some of our guests. I think you had some medical school leadership and also some large uh, insurance carriers. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have all these people on the show as we go forward. And uh, I just want to leave it with, you know, the best thing that you can give to your family and the world is a healthy you. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us ipnetworkflorida.com COVID-19 impacting your practice? Patients visits down? Elective procedures pushed out? rx to live provides a turnkey solution. Chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management, behavioral health screenings. Interested? rx to livecom Better yet, Call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859, 609-605-6859. Lando Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. Are you concerned about health care skyrocketing expenses? Monthly premiums approaching $2,000? Out-of-pocket expenses up 50% the past 10 years? Introducing Health Care Now, the truth about U.S. health care. Join the discussion. 
7 to 8 a.m. Saturday mornings on AM 950 and FM 94.9. Co-hosted by IPN's Mark Chayette and Larry Jones and Orlando Medical News' John Kelly. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Well, Larry and Mark, we've had some great conversation, but I, I really am still confused. How does a savvy healthcare consumer navigate the healthcare market? You know, it's really about what you don't know what you don't know. So you really need to know what you need to know. Right. If that makes any sense at all. <laughs> And that's it. That'll end the segment. (laughs) That is. So what should you really look at in choosing a health care plan? And, you know, we're talking about preferred. Who are the doctors? The first thing normally you look at in a health plan is, are my doctors included in that health plan? Dr. Mark? Well, Larry, I'm going to even take it Mm -hmm. a a little bit of a step back, right? Okay. Okay. So you're going to sit down and you're going to classify. I'm going to sit down with my family and figure out how I'm going to get my health care coverage. So what are my options? Uh, So the first thing I'm going to look at is, well, does my spouse ride? Do we have any coverage in the place we work? Right. Right. And so, but don't stop there. If the answer is yes, that's great. That's an option that many people don't have. Half of America has that. Right. So let's, let's put that aside and let's start saying, well, what is that exactly? Because not every plan that is offered is as good. You might do better doing something else on your own. Just mm-hmm. you know, just saying, depending depending on your individual situation. I mean, chances are, if you're single or married, and and two of you are working, and you have that, you're, you're probably pretty set. You're probably mm-hmm. got something reasonable. But if you've got kids, or if you have someone with a specific illness. You have to take those or things into consideration. Or you own your own business. Own your own business. That's, that's a big one. That's 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 absolutely the one yeah. that I that I've always lived. Yeah. Right? So yeah. So you so that's the first thing you have to classify yourself. Are you over sixty five? Do you qualify for any of these Medicare plans? Uh, were you in the military? So right. so you need to define who you are as a consumer first, and depending on that, you may you may have more than one option, and then we need to go down and say mm-hmm. what's most important to me. Cost has to come into play. And you think, well, gosh, you know, all, all the big boxes have got to be got to be selling about the same amount. You know, a cup of coffee is a cup mm-hmm. of coffee. Clearly not the case. Now, you may find a price that your monthly payment is the same in plan A and plan B, but then you have to look at. Well, you know, you, you're just getting right into a benefit there. Right. Is it a, a, a defined copay when you go to the doctor or is it a percent of your charges? And that can be a significant difference moving yep. forward. It, it really can. Yeah. And I yeah. think that when you look at the numbers and you start to balance out what your co-pays are, your co-insurance, these are all the terms that we really need the, you know, the listeners to, to hear. And we can, we can try to explain mm-hmm. them one by one. But when the insurance companies – so insurance companies, I always look at they're, – they're a lot like Vegas, right? Because they've got actuaries, the most valuable human beings – in the United States. So these actuaries are going to determine how much Dr. Mark is going to cost for them next year, right? And, and I th- can tell you, Dr. Mark, on average, they build in a 12% annual rate increase every year on these plans. Right, right. Yeah, ba- yeah. based on just that. Just it is. whatever. Just that it is. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and, you know, it's interesting. I've asked 
I don't know how many doctors over the years. Did you get a twelve percent increase <laughs> last year? And the answer is absolutely right. Not. Right. Yeah. Well, those are those administrative costs. They just get that's they just it, get tougher it. and tougher. But yeah, so you have to set set that up and set aside. If a lot of the question on deductibles, if we're just going to look at deductibles, the question on the deductible, and and correct me, this is my own homework and where I'm going with the the question on the deductible is if you have access to the dollars that you would need to meet your deductible if you need to spend them, then you pick that number. If it's $500, then you need a $500 deductible. It, if you it actually 10, lowers 000, your premium by right. doing that. So going up. So if, you can, if you're fortunate enough to have, uh, whether it's in an HSA or just in a savings account, if you have $10,000, your premium is going to come way down. Now, if you run into an issue that year and you have to have surgery or hospitalization and let's say you spend whatever that deductible is, if you then add up your 12-month monthly premiums and that deductible... And that deductible could be anywhere from 20 to 30% of the actual cost of the surgery. Right. It could, it could absolutely That's be. some significant, significant. dollars. Yep. And, but if you have that to put out at the end of the year, you're going to spend essentially the same amount of money when you add up your premiums and the deductible you spent. The only way you're going to spend less is if you didn't need to access the health care beyond your primary care kinds of things and you didn't have issues to, to break your deductible. So, I mean, that's just sort of the simple thing because that's, that's the first yeah. question. And, and I'm really glad asked. you got into that uh, before we talk about the rest because it is when you choose a plan, it's am I going to do a HMO, high deductible? Am I going to do an HSA plan? Or am right. I going to do a traditional PPO plan? Right, because I think this topic is is going to be yep. take us several sessions. So if we it just will. let's it just kind of yep. focus on that you know, for the next five minutes. Right, but then when you really look at when you get past the financial piece, right, what's important? Oh, that, well, that's next thing. What's important to you individually? Yeah, what's right? important, and it's are your preferred doctors in the yep. network yep. of the plan that you're picking? Are your hospitals in the preferred right. network? Are they? Hospital-owned versus independent right. providers. Why does that make a difference? Because that impacts your copay dramatically right. because the the billing charges from an independent versus a hospital-owned. Are the imaging centers, are the specialists all part of this program? Right. What do you, what do you think about so, that, Dr. Martin? Right. That's going to tie into exactly what you're going to pay. And I think those are questions that very few consumers ask, and we really need to really need to pay attention yeah. to. But it, it is going to go back to what are your family's needs for health care. If your family's needs for health care are, gee, you know, we haven't really needed much in the way of health care, then you need to look at, well, what am I looking for? You know, we've been seeing the same pediatrician for for our, all of our kids, and how do we stick with them? Well, that's that's going to be primary. You know, oh, man, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm seeing a, this cardiologist, and I don't want to change my cardiologist. So the things that are important to you, you can look into, and I think that you'll be somewhat disappointed to find out that that is absolutely going to direct you as to what plan you're going to going to look at. You really, the, everybody's not on everything. You're really hitting on something important there. You know, I get calls all the time from friends, coworkers, uh, about refer you, to, refer to a physician or whatever. Right. And, you know, really, uh, I tell people all the time, if you're not an educated healthcare consumer, find somebody that is and talk to them. Right, right. And, and you know, it's about the best referral base that I know of is word of mouth based on experience. No question. And when somebody asks me, yeah. I need this done, who do I? And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give them a name. Yeah. 
man, when I get the next text or call back that says, oh, they don't take my insurance. Right. Then then you're... I get that all the time. Then you're suddenly, you're like, so who's your second choice? You know, I mean, I I try to give you only first choices here, you know? So it's a challenge. Well, you know, let's talk about that second choice. So then what would you do? You know, there is a state database on the Agency for Healthcare Administration, AHCA.com, that you can go on a database and you can look at the quality scores and the performance right. of physicians under the Department of uh, Professional Regulation. Yeah. And, and if you don't have the access to, as you said, you know, mm-hmm. know knowing people, in the world, it, it's like the, the biggest gift I think I can give my friends and colleagues is that, you know, to give them some advice. And Absolutely. I know the majority of the country doesn't have that option. They, mm-hmm. don't have, they don't have that Dr. Mark number, which I won't be giving out on the show. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but you know the but you know to to kind of wrap this up a little bit and we've we'll be talking more and more about this as healthcare now Absolutely. goes forward but I think it's important to just let our listeners know pick a primary care physician that you're comfortable with that your family's comfortable with pick a pediatrician if you've got kids and make sure that you are a regular patient with that primary care physician, because that primary care physician can lead and guide you in every area of your health care needs. Great, great, great advice. Absolutely. Yes. And it is about that relationship and that trust, and that, that's, that's whose phone number you're actually going to have. So, exactly. so you can kind of get in and get, get the right <laughs> advice. That, that's, a, that's a great point, Larry. Okay. Well, Dr. Mark and Larry, we've just about completed Healthcare Now's initial program. More importantly... We've shared some really important information ab- about becoming a savvy healthcare consumer. And now I need to do a shameless plug and thank our sponsors and advertisers who make this show possible Diana Sicato with Sicato Films, John Fogarty with RX to Live, Dr. Mark with Pediatric Surgery PA, Larry Jones and the Integrated Independent Physicians Network and myself, John Kelly, and the Orlando Medical News. Thank you, and please, send your questions to us. It's our intention to answer as many as we can. Healthcare now at orlandomedicalnews.com. Thank you. You feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to theanswerorlando.com. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. COVID-19 impacting your practice? Patients visits down, elective procedures pushed out? rx to live provides a turnkey solution. Chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management, behavioral health screenings. Interested? rx Better yet, Call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859, 609-605-6859. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.